Can you think of some distinctive voices? I think of Louis Armstrong with his scratchy voice back in the 30s, singing jazz music. What a unique voice he had. I don't know why, but in the 1980s, some people like to listen to David Bowie, a very distinctive voice, and really disgusting music, in my taste anyway. Frank Sinatra, a voice you can recognize anywhere. Of course, Elvis Presley. Now, I suppose we all have our favorites that we could think of and mention. Distinctive voices. The moment you hear the voice, you know who that is. And some people will go quite crazy when they hear that voice, especially if it's a live performance. As we come back to John chapter 10 and we hear Jesus say, I am. Last week we saw him say, I am the door. But he also tells us in John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. My sheep know me, and I know my sheep. And they hear my voice, and they follow me. Jesus had a distinct voice as the shepherd. I want us this morning to think about Jesus in John chapter 10 as he says, I am the good shepherd. And notice what he is saying. Because when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, he both looks backwards and forward. And the question for us is, are we going to hear his voice? Let's, let's notice then in John chapter 10, Jesus, as he talks about being the good shepherd. Uh, Jesus says, John chapter 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He, is, he who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and is not concerned about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. Even as the Father knows me, I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep, which are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will hear my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. And so Jesus here in John chapter 10 claims to be the good shepherd. And when he makes that claim of being the good shepherd, I believe he is looking backwards. He's looking backwards, I believe, to Ezekiel chapter 34. Now Jesus here does not quote from Ezekiel chapter 34. But as I read this passage and I think of Ezekiel chapter 34, in my mind, I know that those Pharisees who are hearing Jesus speak would have known of Ezekiel chapter 34. Perhaps they too would have thought of Ezekiel chapter 34. But as Jesus speaks of being a good shepherd, he makes a distinction between himself and those Pharisees. You remember last week when we began looking at John chapter 10 and Jesus says, I am the door. We notice that really Jesus is talking to Pharisees. 
Because at the end of John chapter 9, Jesus had healed the blind man. And they were so upset that Jesus healed the blind man uh, on the Sabbath day. And so all of John chapter 9 talks about that episode and how the Pharisees react to that and the progression that happened in that man's life over the course of days, perhaps. Or perhaps over the course of a single day. As he's called back and forth, back in to the Pharisees. But you see, as Jesus goes to that blind man at the end of that episode and he's talking to him, we realize, John tells us, that there were some Pharisees that were still close by and could hear Jesus talking, and they asked Jesus a question, and Jesus begins talking to them. And so as he is talking here in John chapter 10, he's talking to those Pharisees, at least in part. And he says, I am the good shepherd. And he makes this distinction. He says, there are some folks who shepherd my people, but they are hired hands. And they don't really care about the sheep. As long as things are going well, as long as things are going fine, they're there. They want to be in charge. They want to take the sheep wherever they need to go. But as soon as there's danger, as soon as there's problems, they're gone. And the sheep are left to fend for themselves. That's why I'm recalling Ezekiel chapter 34, because in that passage, Ezekiel talks about those shepherds of Israel who failed to lead the sheep. Keep your finger here in John chapter 10. We'll come back. But let's notice some things about those shepherds of Israel in Ezekiel chapter 34. Ezekiel chapter 34, the shepherds of Israel of that day, Israel was gone, but Judah existed as a nation, at least for a little while. So these would have been the priests of Judah. These would have been the prophets, perhaps, of Judah. Would have been the kings over time of Judah that God is calling on the carpet here. But notice what God through the prophet Ezekiel has to say to the shepherds of Israel, the shepherds of Judah, Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to those shepherds, thus says the Lord God, Woe, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding themselves should not the shepherds feed the flock? You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with wool. You slaughter the fat sheep without feeding the flock. Those who are sickly have not been strengthened. The diseased you have not healed. The broken you have not bound up. The scattered you have not brought back. Nor have you sought for the lost. But with force and with severity, you have dominated them. They are scattered for lack of a shepherd. And they became food for every beast of the field, and they were scattered. My flock wandered through all the mountains and every high hill. My flock was scattered over all the surface of the earth, and there was no one to search or to seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my flock has become prey, my flock has even become food for all the beasts of the field for the lack of a shepherd, and my 
Shepherds did not search for my flock, but rather the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will demand my sheep from them and make them cease from feeding sheep. So the shepherds will not feed themselves anymore, but I will deliver my flock from the mouth from their mouth, so that they will not be food for them. Here in Ezekiel chapter 34, we have God demonstrating His anger, His wrath against those who should have been leading the people of Israel, caring for them. Now what I hope that you'll see here in Ezekiel chapter 34, at least in the first 10 verses, is what God expected the shepherds to do. Care for them. Feed them love them by doing specific things. Healing the ones that were sick. Guarding the ones that were weak. Searching after the ones that were lost. But you see, those shepherds didn't do any of that. And apparently the reason they did not do any of that is because they were so busy taking care of themselves interested in their own power, interested in their own authority, taking advantage of the people of Israel to feed themselves so that they themselves became fat while the people of Israel suffered and became victims of everyone living around them. That's the context of Ezekiel chapter 34. But you see the implication is, is that there's a shepherd that is better than that. There's a shepherd who cares for the flock. There is a shepherd who earnestly has a desire to care for the people of Israel, to care for God's flock. And so Ezekiel looks to that shepherd, and he sees God being that shepherd. Again, look at verse 11, Ezekiel chapter 34. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd cares for his herd in that day, when he is among his scattered sheep, so I will care for my sheep and will deliver them from all the places to which they were scattered on a cloudy and gloomy day. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and bring them to their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the streams and in all the inhabited places of the land. I will feed them in the good pasture. And their grazing ground will be on the mountain heights of Israel. And they will lie down on good grazing ground and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock and I will lead them to rest, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, bring back the scattered, bind up the broken, and strengthen the sick. But the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with judgment. God says, there is a day coming in which I myself will be the shepherd of my flock. We're moving toward Jesus in John chapter 10. As he says, I am the good shepherd. You see, those leaders of Israel of Jesus' day, who themselves were corrupt, wanting to hold on to their power, 
leading the people in multiple directions, but not really caring for them. Should have taken notice of what Jesus was saying. Jesus is looking backward and beginning to tie together a messianic theme of saying, I am the shepherd of Ezekiel. I am the shepherd that's going to lead my people. I'm going to care for them. I'm going to seek out those who have been scattered and lost. I'm going to feed them. I'm going to bind up their wounds. I'm going to care for them. And in fact, if we look here in Ezekiel chapter 34, Ezekiel even takes it one step further by talking about how God is going to do this through a descendant of David. Notice verse 20. It says, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 20, Behold, I, even I, will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you push with side and with shoulder and thrust at all the weak and with all your horns until you have scattered them abroad. Therefore, I will destroy, or I will rather... Therefore, I will deliver my flock, and they will no longer be a prey, and I will judge between one sheep and another. Then notice verse 22. Then I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will feed them. He will feed them himself and will be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will make a covenant of peace with them and eliminate harmful beasts from the land so that they will live securely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. I will make them and the places around my hill a blessing and I will cause showers to come down in their season. They will be showers of blessing. Also the tree of the field will yield its fruit and the earth will yield its increase and they will be secure in their land. Then they will know that I am the Lord when I have broken the bars of their yoke and have delivered them from the land of those who enslaved them. They will no longer be prey to the nations and the beast of the earth will not, will not devour them. They will live securely and no one will make them afraid. I will establish them I will establish for them a renowned planting place and they will not again be victims of famine of the land and they will not endure the insults of the nations anymore. Then they will know that I, the Lord their God, am with them and they, the house of Israel, are my people, declares the Lord God. As for you, my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, you are men and I am your God declares the Lord God. Ezekiel the prophet saw as he was inspired by God a day coming when David would be the shepherd of the people. But David would never be the shepherd of the people. He was dead. He was in the tomb. But you see, here we have another example in the prophets of them looking to that time when a descendant of David would reign on his throne and lead the people and care for them and feed them, and bind their wounds, and heal them, and seek out those who are scattered. Because he loved them. Did you notice that Ezekiel says he'll bring a covenant of peace? 
in John chapter 10 when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, he's not simply making another analogy that would have been new to his audience. I believe Jesus is calling back to Ezekiel chapter 34 when he says, I am that shepherd. I am that descendant of David who's going to lead my flock. And there's a difference between my leadership and my caring for the sheep and the way that the Pharisees and the chief priests have led this nation. Because they don't really care about you, Israel. They're not trying to find you and bring you back into a right relationship with God. They're not concerned with healing your wounds and, and binding you up and, and taking care of the feeble and taking care of the weak. They're only concerned about themselves. And as soon as there is danger, as soon as there are problems in your life, they're gone. They're there for the authority. They're there for the power of the position. They're there because they want to be in charge. Jesus says that's different. from the way I live. Because I love you. Because I want to care for you. Because I want to heal you. Because I want to bring a covenant of peace that's going to bring you back to security and stability and safety those who are devoured. And who is going to devour you? But Satan and sin and temptation. And so Jesus says, here's how I'm going to do that. I'm going to lay down my life. These guys aren't going to do anything because as soon as they see danger, they're gone. But I'm going to stand there and I'm going to die for you to bring that covenant of peace. So Jesus looks backwards as he looks to Ezekiel chapter 34 and he looks at those leaders of Israel, those shepherds of Israel that were only concerned about themselves, not really caring for the sheep, and he makes a comparison between that style of leadership, that style of shepherding, and who he is as the good shepherd. Not only does he make that indication that he's the Messiah that Ezekiel and the other prophets were talking about, clearly that is a part of it, but he's also talking about his love for the flock. Look again at John chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves, and the sheep flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he was a hired hand and is not concerned about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. The hired hand just sees numbers, but Jesus knows your name. He knows your heart. He knows your struggles. 
He knows your pain. And He wants to heal you. He wants to bring peace. He wants you to be whole. Because He loves you. Because He is the God of Ezekiel chapter 34 who says, I myself will lead my sheep. And so Jesus is saying that he is the legitimate leader, the legitimate shepherd. Look again, chapter 10, verse 2. Jesus says, but he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them Jesus is the legitimate leader of Israel. Those Pharisees, those chief priests who were corrupt, they climbed up the wall some other way, as we saw last week. But Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I am the shepherd. And I'm standing here calling for you. And you can hear my voice. And my sheep recognize my voice, and so they follow me. Because I am the true leader. Jesus looks backwards when he says, I am the good shepherd, but he also looks forward. And he does so in a couple of ways. He looks forward, first of all, in verse 18, to the idea that his mission is more than caring for Israel. Look again at verse 16, John chapter 10. I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will hear my voice, and they will become one flock, with one shepherd. Remember the fold was that place that we looked at last week where you, a shepherd would come in from the wilderness as he's going into town to do business and he would take his flock and leave them in a fold, a public fold, and there would be someone at the door protecting that fold, but, or that flock, but there would be other flock from other shepherds that would also be in that fold. And then the shepherd would come back when it was time for him to go back and lead his flock in the wilderness. And they would follow him. But you see, that fold was that big pin, if you will, that big holding place, if you will, where the sheep stayed in the meantime. And when Jesus says, I have other sheep that are not of this fold, the fold he's talking about is Israel and Judah. They're going to be Gentiles. There are going to be people outside of Israel. Jesus is looking forward in the sense that the people of Israel should have known this because from the beginning of time, as the Israelites would have thought of it, when God calls Abraham and he says, Through your seed, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. Abraham, through you, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. Isaac, through your seed, all peoples are going to be blessed. Jacob, through your descendants, all nations will be blessed. The message from the beginning was that there was going to be some descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob through whom everyone was going to be blessed. And so when Jesus arrives, he says, I have some sheep that they're not Israelites. But they're all going to become one. Jesus looked forward 
But Jesus also looked forward because three times in this passage, he tells his disciples, he tells the Pharisees very plainly, I'm going to die for the sheep. Chapter 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Verse 15. Even as the Father knows me, I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Verse 17. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it again. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my Father. Jesus says, I love the sheep so much that I'm going to die for the sheep, to protect them, to heal them, to bring that covenant of peace. Jesus says, that's what I came to do. No one's making me do it. I'm doing it because I want to do it. I had to call the Father to do it. But I'm also doing it because I want to. That's how much I love you. That's how much I care for you. I'm not going to abandon you when I see hard times coming. I'm going to stand between you and the danger to die so that you can have life and have that peace and be healed and be able to be brought back into a right relationship with God. And because of that, you can know who I am. You can recognize my voice. What's the evidence that you can trust someone as leader? When they're willing to die for you. You can recognize that voice. It is distinctive. It stands out. So Jesus looks backward to show a distinctiveness, a distinctive nature of what it is to be the good shepherd. Comparing that with the false leaders of Israel that were only concerned for themselves. But he also looks forward by noticing how he is going to be a shepherd that cares, a shepherd that heals and brings peace because he's willing to die for his sheep. And not just for those sheep, but for all sheep who will follow him. And so the question is, how do you respond when you hear that voice? How do you respond when you hear the shepherd saying, I want to heal you. I want to care for you. I want to lay down my life so that you will have life yourself. How do you know when someone cares? What evidence can you point to that someone is concerned for you? Jesus says, here's the evidence. As he opens up his arms to die on the cross. I lay down my life for the sheep. That's how much Jesus was concerned for his flock. Is there anything greater than someone willing to die to give you a second chance? To heal you of all those wrong choices, of all those sins, than someone willing to give his life.
so that you can be restored to God. He's calling us. Can you follow? Will you follow? What does it mean to follow Jesus? Jesus says, good shepherd looks for the sheep, those who are lost, those who are scattered, and he picks them up and brings them back home. He looks for the sheep that are weak and are frail and are feeble and are sick and are bruised and are beaten, and he picks them up and binds their wounds and heals them and brings them home. He looks for his sheep and he feeds them and cares for them and leads them to good pasture. And he makes a covenant of peace with them. Are you willing to follow that shepherd? What does that mean that you do? You continue doing the things that allow you to be beaten and broken? Or do you leave those things behind and come out of the pen of the world and follow Jesus? When we hear the voice of Jesus, are we going to stay in the pen of the world? Are we going to stay in the fold of the world? Or are we going to come out and be different and be unique and follow him? And Jesus is calling this morning. And he's calling for you. And he's calling for me. And the question is, are we going to hear his voice and follow him? If you're here this morning and you need to follow Jesus, won't you come? Let's together we stand and sing.